Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone, for a very special edition of Hockey Night in New York. The New York Islanders are bringing back the Fisherman jersey, and we're here to talk about it. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me is Mr. Chris Botta, and we have a very special guest joining us tonight to talk about the Fisherman years, Mr. Darius Kasparitis, and also maybe a little run to the 93 Conference Finals. We'll see. But Chris, how you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. Thanks to all the fans out there for joining us. Really excited to be part of this. Uh, when I heard about the Fisherman jersey coming back, Darius was the first player that I thought about. We'll get into that in our interview. And uh, really, just really looking forward to this, buddy. Yes, no doubt about it. A very special treat for me. I was a huge fan of Darius Kasparitis during his tenure with the New York Islanders. So excited to speak to him. But let's start with thanking our sponsors here at Hockey Night in New York. We are proud to be presented by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Also proud to be sponsored by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279 Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. And, of course, Lost Farmer Brewing Company. So, folks, we're going to jump right into it, Darius. I want to thank you so much for tuning in here at Hockey Night in New York. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're talking to Darius Kasparitis. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. R.J. Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill. Your home for New York Islanders hockey. Miss the days of mixtapes and arcades? Love the taste of a bold IPA or maybe an ice-cold lager? There's a place where all of those magical things come together. Lost Farmer Brewing Company. 
At 63A East 2nd Street in the heart of Mineola, Lost Farmer combines a love of the 80s and a passion for quality beer to create brews that can only be described as gnarly, radical, and totally tubular. The retro vibe of the tasting bar will amp up your nostalgia while the blend of both local and exotic ingredients amp up your taste buds. Beer not your thing? Crack open a can of cider or a sip of Chardonnay on the extended patio. Order up from the snack menu? You can even bring your own. If you're more of a homebody, pick up a growler to go or order online at lostfarmerbrewing.com. Lost Farmer Brewing Company, the future of Long Island craft beer. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. That's right, folks. The train rolls on right here at Hockey Night in New York. And joining us right now, former New York Islander great, Mr. Darius Kasparaitis. Darius, you're talking to Sean Cuthbert and Chris Botta. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, guys. Uh, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for doing this, Darius. This is a Fisherman Jersey episode, but we're going to talk about your time at the Islanders, all the, the great moments as well. You are in a team that's 50 years old, that's won four Stanley Cups. I don't think it, you are a top 20 Islander fan favorite. You are loved in this area uh, for many good reasons. So this means the world to me that you're doing this. So I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. How's your how's how's your family? How's life? Can you just give us an idea of what you're up to these days? Oh, I live in um, sunny Florida, Miami area. I have six kids, so uh, oh. I work. Uh, you know, I work a little bit in development business. So uh, my wife works a lot too. So I sometimes stay at home, dad. <laughs> so. Uh, it's you know it's, it's been blessing that uh, uh, most of my kids were born after my career was over, so I had a chance to be a real dad and uh, be present in their life. So uh, I, I feel very blessed. Oh, that's great to hear, and uh, yes, yeah. very much so. And I, I I know that you've been back to the you know the Islanders, the new owners. Uh, they're not that new anymore. I've done an incredible job with the new arena, but also making all former players uh, welcome back there. And I, it was so great to see you. Uh, involved with stuff how has that gone because maybe that's also an opportunity for your children to see how much you did mean to this team and all the teams you played for how's how did that go it, it feels it feels great that you know uh ownership uh start bringing alumni uh alumni back to the you know first was in brooklyn now in long island you know uh, we feel very appreciated that people remember us and uh, the funny story i went to the game yesterday panthers islanders uh fortunately is lost but one of the kids were wearing um, a Casparides jersey, and my daughter was wearing my original Casparides jersey from 1993 season. Wow. And uh, she was shocked that somebody else was wearing the same jersey. So I came up to the guy and said, listen, let's take a picture. And the guy had no idea who I was. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> That's uh, incredible. <laughs> and, and then his dad uh, recognized me. Basically, his dad made him wear a jersey. And this guy recognized me. He went crazy, you know, and it was so cool to see still people wear the jerseys. Uh, not only on Long Island, but, you know, on the road games in, uh, in, in, in Florida. Oh, man, what a moment for that guy and also for your daughter. That, that, that must have been so cool. Way to go. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter is 14, so, so she was embarrassed. You yeah, know? <laughs> no, I, I, no I, I hear you. 
I guess I'll just get right to it. The Islanders announced last week, I don't know if you followed it, uh, but they announced last week that for this reverse retro thing that all the teams do in the league, uh, that they're going to have a jersey that they're going to wear, I think, about six times this season. And it's a variation on the Fisherman jersey. It has some teal in it. And I just want to get your immediate response to the idea that this jersey is now made a comeback. You know, I was uh, part of uh, the team when the jersey came up, uh, you know, and we have to, me and Travis Green, we have to model it in the summertime. <laughs> uh, in the beginning, you know, uh, I didn't like it, you know, because I was actually a fish. I actually loved, when I lived in Long Island, I fished a lot. So it was perfect jersey to wear on the boat uh, at that time. <laughs> Especially, you know, I, uh, we felt like, like we gave fire to the Ranger fans to call, you know, every game we play against them. They always chat and we won fish sticks. And uh, I don't think it was very popular uh, at that time. You know, I, I think I got traded wearing the jersey to Pittsburgh. So uh, I don't have a very good memory about the jersey. No, I totally understand it. So it, I didn't remember it. I, I, I appreciate you and Travis uh, modeling for us. Uh, I think we, I think we were all kind of in it together, right? Ginger's PR director. I'm with her. We all, you know, the owners, the owners at the time brought the fisherman Jersey in and what can we do? Right? Like we're kind of like, we all have to do our best to support it. Uh, but in a book that two of the writers, Alan uh, and Peter, Alan Hahn and Peter body wrote uh, years later, they had said that, uh, and and by the way, there's nothing wrong with this. These these aren't things that I didn't say either. But they had said that at some point early on, you made some comment to them, which I thought was funny. They're like we look like idiots in this thing. Um, did uh, do you recall that? Like, did did was it? Did it impact you? A part of it was that the team wasn't good that year. But you know, what do you recall about you know? It's one thing to model it in the summer for a photo shoot for publicity, yeah. but it's another thing to, I know how much it means to, I assume it did, you know, I know it did to you, to, to every time you walked into an arena and have that jersey hung up, a jersey hung up in your stall, Rangers, Pittsburgh, whoever, um, you yeah. know, do you re recall like the early, that, that time and like, was it a drag to do that? It was, uh, you know, when you use the identity of the team, I think I think we lost identity in the beginning wearing the jersey because it was totally something new. I don't think a lot of teams did that those those, those days. You know, I understand the jersey and the logo for such a long time, and suddenly we have a new face of Stan Fischler on our on our chest, you know, <laughs> with the with the with the fishing hat on. So. Uh, we uh, we you know we kind of did take it seriously, but then you know when you wear it, you know you, that's why I think we had such a bad season also because it was kind of identity of the of the New York Islanders was uh, lost at that time, and you know we went to this turmoil with the fake owner and uh, all the other things. So I think it, it matched matched perfectly for the time <laughs> being an Islander, you know. Yeah. I think we're we are we are a joke at, at the time in the league. You know, uh, uh, the guy who had no money bought the team, and uh, you know, then uh, it, it was just uh, total chaos. I think, and uh, right now, you know, as as we see right now, it looks kind of cool. But at that time, it was not really. I don't think any other fan were very happy. Yeah, that's the. And by the way, I always thought it was neat that 
you know, you're from Lithuania, so you didn't necessarily grow up with the Islanders dynasty, although you were aware of it, but it still meant that the original Islander logo, that's now returned, thankfully, after being away for a year or so back then, like that meant a lot to you. So I, I, I understand where you're coming from. My, la- my last one on this jersey issue is, though, it is funny the way the world works uh, with fashion, apparel, everything kind of comes back, right? So... Can, you can kind of understand, like six games isn't so bad. You can kind of understand for a novelty, for something different. There are a lot of people, Darius, who really like it now. They didn't live through that moment necessarily, but just as like a something different to wear once in a while, like can you appreciate it from that standpoint? Well, no, right now, yeah. I think I even modeled it uh, last time I was on Long Island. I took some pictures wearing the jersey, and I, I feel like, you know, now it's cool. Because right now, I think you bring it back some kind of history of the team and uh, let people enjoy it. But sometimes, you know, us as the players, I don't think we're having very, you know, I remember even the, just seeing Wendell Clark wearing a fisherman jersey was kind of weird. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I actually brought, just, I brought the media guide in with me. It's amazing just to put the thumb through the name. He's just like, you know, a guy who you know, comes from the Maple Leafs and uh, such a tough, rough player. And they kind of, I don't know, it made him look soft. Yes. Wow. Yeah, no, really yeah. well said. Brett Lindros, Derek King, Darius, yeah. Andreas Johansson, Jan Kaminsky, yeah. Greeny. Yeah. Palfi, Zygmunt Palfi. Palfi, I'm just going through it now. Uh, by the way, yeah. it is, uh, and then Sean's going to ask you the next question. Uh, whoever at the Islanders had the idea to bring back some of the guys from that era, especially you, tough, loved, uh, that person deserves a raise. That's really, that's smart. That is really smart. So I, I appreciate them doing it, and I'm glad that you did it. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Hey, Darius. Sean here. So you said yourself that you didn't like the jersey at the time. Was there anybody in that locker room that did like the jersey? Uh, I don't think so. I remember the first time we saw the jersey, people <laughs> People, uh, guys were going, are you shitting me? Like, you're going to wear this now? <laughs> and, uh, you know, guys, I don't know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, some guys did, but uh, not as I, you know, I remember guys were not really happy to see, oh, my God, this this looks cool. At that time, it looked very cheesy, you know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't think we really, uh, we had a choice. You know, we had no choice. You know, we have to do what we have to do. But I don't think it was very popular in the locker room when I played, you know? Absolutely. It's it's so funny to hear that. I was hoping maybe at least one or two guys in there. I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's not that bad. But I guess it was unanimous, which is pretty funny. So, I mean, I know you kind of spoke on it before, but what was the experience like doing the modeling with Travis Green for that when they, when they set you guys up and you had to get out there and take pictures? And, and you yourself just admitted you didn't like it, so you kind of had to put on a smile, right? No, well, they choose one, one of the most best-looking guys on the team. Ah, the model, uh, there we go. <laughs> here's the... Here's the Here's, here's the seriousness of the jersey. You know, I don't think uh, I consider myself, uh, you know, Brad Pitt of hockey. But uh, at, at that time, I guess it was no, uh, you know, was no uh, options. So they put me on, uh, you know, try to me uh, make the jersey look better or make the jersey look more ugly. I don't know <laughs> which which part was that. But honestly, uh, I did what I did. You know, I lived in Long Island that time in the summer, so they asked me to come and take some pictures with a new jersey. And I remember me and Travis came in and. Uh, we kind of looked at each other. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be fun. And that's it. You know, we did what we have to do. It is what it is. When you play, sometimes you, you know, you don't choose people decide uh, right. upstairs. We, you just you just go in and, and try to perform 
because no matter what you wear, you know, you kind of you play for the team and for your teammate, for your teammates. We all did our best, but no, but you were the one who had to do it, like you know, and be the face of it. So, I, I all these years later, I thank you again, my friend. Let's talk about yeah. some some happier times. Your style, nobody played like you. There aren't many NHL players you could say that about. You had a style unlike anybody else. Before even the Islanders draft you, Bill Torrey drafted you. How did that style evolve? Was that always you when you were a little kid? Were you always uh, incredibly aggressive? Oh, uh, you know, not really. I, I think I had some kind of aggression when I played in, uh, in Russia before I came to NHL. But I think Russian hockey was, you know, especially playing in the big clubs. Uh, I played for Dynamo Moscow, then I played for the national team. So uh, our style was more, you know, puck control and, uh, you know, more fancy hockey. But when I came to NHL, I was so surprised how easy for me it was to hit the guys, you know what I'm saying? Especially uh, my first couple of years with a hip check because it was no uh, dump and chase hockey. People tried to be one-on-one. So uh, I had a perfect opportunity being a guy my size, not big, you know, to surprise people with my hits. And I think uh, what happened also when I came to the Islanders, people loved it. You know, they appreciated the style of, oh, yeah. of, of the game, of the game I, I, I brought every night especially to National Coliseum, I, I, I knew how much people hated it on the road. So we kind of fed, I don't think it fed my ego, but I was like, wow, this is cool. People, you know, you can be fan favor, not by scoring goals all the time, but by actually being right. pain in the butt. And uh, I, I remember uh, end of the season, uh, I didn't really realize until I, I missed last game of the season, I think I had a back spasm. So, uh, you know, I didn't know the, how, how big I was. I went to sit in the stands with my girlfriend at the time. And people went crazy, you know, started cheering my name. Everybody were coming towards me. And, you know, security after walking down to the locker room, I remember Mick Rukota telling me, are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Who goes, <laughs> who goes sits, who goes sits with the guy during the game in the stands with a bunch of people, you know, with a bunch of fans. But I didn't realize that. So I think uh, my style, you know, I developed more in NHL than, uh, you know, than I was playing before NHL. And, you know, there's a famous clip. It's probably the the moment you're most famous for with the Islanders of with Mario Lemieux in the '92 '93 playoffs, a future teammate of yours. I gave you your space. I think we knew to give you your space, like kind of like Billy Smith famously 10, 15 years before you, before a game. So I didn't really get much of a look at your like your pre-game preparation. But would you look up and down a lineup and? and kind of make a mental note of the players that you felt it was a priority for you to try to get under their skin, to try to get them off of their games? Well, not really, especially my first year as a rookie. I didn't really care who I play against. <laughs> you know, I, I play the same way against anybody. But apparently, you know, when you play against the bigger players, you know, like uh, I remember abusing the Messi every game we play, uh, it just happened, you know. Uh, if I look at the video right now, you know, he cross-checked me first, you know. So I just, you know, I got up and uh, got him a little, you know, punched him a little bit, uh, even, you know, it was so much taller than me. I think he, he, he tried to draw, to draw a penalty at that time. But uh, I didn't really, you know, sat there and uh, looked at the lineups. I guess I'm going to go after this guy because, you know, first of all, he bashed the lines. And uh, I don't think Al Arbor was telling me you're going to play specifically against those guys. It just happened that way, you know, you end up, uh, you know, 
uh, we end up being this team that nobody expected us to be. That it was it was just a cool, you know, experience uh, being part of the team that were such a big underdogs. I remember people telling me, if you win only one game against Pittsburgh, you will buy your uh, you know case of uh, case of champagne after the season, <laughs> you know. But not nobody thought we we're gonna win, you know, series against them because I remember playing first time during the regular season and they were so scary. You know, I think they. They beat us like I don't know six two or something. I don't know. I remember, I remember just being so nervous and uh, and worried about you know having so much talent on that team. No, Darius, and, and you you said before how you didn't care who you played, you know, no matter what game it was, and and that was a big reason why fans loved you so much is because you just went out there and did your thing, and you know you banged bodies and and took guys out, and it just riled us up, and you know it was just uh, so enjoyable to watch you out there doing it. But a uh, question I wanted to ask you was what. What was it like playing for a legendary coach like Al Arbor? Oh, it was great. No, it was a perfect coach for me because I came uh, from the Soviet system. Uh, that the coaches were very uh, not close-minded, but they know they, they they didn't talk much or they didn't uh, try to ask you, you know, things like how's your life or how what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Al, Al Arbor was, the, you know, he was a, like a father figure to me. He, you know, because my first year was very funny year. You know, I, I went out a lot with my some of my teammates. He always knew, you know, he always checked my weight. He gave me, a, you know, tough love. But he, I think he, he totally appreciated my uh, passion for the game. And I think even coming to the team uh, two, two days before the season started, you know, I think it's so something in me that he put me in the lineup right away. That was a great coach for me and I think for, for, that, for our team at that, at that time, you know, because... Al was very passionate, you know, maybe a little bit old-fashioned coach, but at the same time, you know, he was a very nice human being to be around. That's great to hear, Darius. And, and, you know, you talked about that experience and, you know, the big upset against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the 93 run to the conference final. Is there any particular memory during that run, during your rookie season, that sticks out to you? Just if you look back and, you know, you're playing alongside Vladimir Malakov, you're both rookies coming into the into the season there, and you end up having such a, a great pairing together and, and going on the run you did. Is there anything in that season that just really sticks out for you? You know, I think I made. I, I was so uh, confused that year because I came from the winning system in Russia, you know. So I thought it's going to be like that every year. So I think I took it for, for granted. And I think yes, also also Vladi did. Vladi was fortunate to win the Stanley Cup with the Devils uh, later in, in in his career. But you know, coming from the winning uh, culture, you know, winning uh, juniors, Olympics, you know, uh, and, and Soviet uh, championships. So I thought it's going to be like that every year. So I think when we play against Canadians, I thought like you know, oh, if, even if we lose this series, you know, I have a chance next year to do it again. And uh, sometimes, you know, you don't. I, I took it for granted, I think, because I was tired. It was a long, long season, so uh, I, I felt like you know, I was not really understanding, you know, how important it was to beat the Penguins. But then, you know, the job was not done, uh, and I think uh, we ran out of steam against Canadians. And I thought, you know, ah, oh, it's not a big deal. We can do it next year, but it never happened. I think the season was for me. The rookie season was perfect teaching point in my career, you know, because NHL is a very hard league. It's not easy to, you know, even make playoffs, you know, but, uh, and, you know, then, then it took the Islanders almost 20 years to, to win the next round. I remember team, when you asked me who was on that team my first year, I remember all, every single guy because they were such a big part of my career. They taught me a lot, you know, and, 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 they, and they helped me a lot as a rookie. 
you know, I had a great veterans uh, on the team, you know, great young guys who uh, became my friends. And I cannot just say specific moment at that year. You know, it was a lot of good moments, you know, a lot of fun for me as, as a rookie. Except when I get arrested for drinking and driving after the season. That was not fun. I got my first DUI in uh, New York, I remember. And uh, that was not fun. And uh, I was stupid, young enough to not understand you know, how serious it is not to drink and drive. But I thought it was going to be, you know, I'm a big, big shot right now, so I can do what I want. But eventually, I learned my lesson, you know. Now, that's a, a great point. Uh, you also yeah. famously had an accident in the parking lot, right? Oh yeah, yeah! Right before the game, I hit the light post with my uh, with my car. <laughs> Can you tell us what happened there, sir? Because I don't, oh, I, I, I still you, don't Sean, understand how that happened. You know, we used to park right by the entrance, so yeah. uh, I, I, I was a lot of fans around waiting for us to leave. So I tried to show up. I put the music on, and I, I had a BMW, and there was a, a lot of nice ladies around standing. <laughs> I, I, you know, I. I and I tried to show off, so I, I didn't look. You know, we have no camera then, so I, I just started uh, reverse the car to drive the, you know, uh, reverse, and uh, I hit something, and I didn't realize I hit the light pole. So uh, then I tried to go forward, I, I, I and, and I was stuck on the light pole. So basically, uh, there was uh, it was so embarrassing, you know, they have to bring the car to lift my car off the pole. And at that time, when I was doing all the things, the New York Times guy, I forgot his name, the little guy with glasses. Gerald LaPointe. Uh, LaPointe. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. He was uh, watching all this thing happen. So I think <laughs> it was a huge article after that in the, uh, in the hockey news was, uh, with the picture of me hitting the new on a light, on a, on a, on a light pole. That's People remember where they were in famous moments. I, I'll always remember Ginger coming up to me and saying, uh, Darius like, somehow wrapped his car around the light bulb. And I, and I did. Uh, so, sorry. Uh, last one. Uh, a week ago, uh, you had a big birthday. You turned 50. Wow. You, you look fantastic. Yeah. You're as youthful as energetic. I'm sure those young kids also uh, help you uh, stay stay that way. Um, but, you know, you brought up something serious with the DUI and the accidents. But, it, uh, you know, and I appreciate that honesty because you learn from that and you, you teach people that. Is it fair to say, so it's kind of a two-part question, like when you look back now as a 50-year-old man of wisdom and experience, you know, did you grow up on Long Island in a way? And what did Long Island and its people and the, and the team before you moved on, what did it mean all, all mean to you, buddy? Well, Long Island, you know, was my uh, first real home. You know, I had my first house there. And uh, I never had it before, so I I, I used to love uh, you know being there every summers. You know I, I I fish a lot, so it was such a cool place to grow up and uh, and you know have friendships. And it, it, you know it taught me a lot. You know it taught me a lot about bagels and white fish <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know uh, breakfast. But also, you know, I met a lot of people, you know, later in life, Long Island, they helped me. I know I've been in recovery for a long time right now. So, uh, you know, my first recovery meeting was in Long Island. And uh, I was very lucky and fortunate that uh, I, I found recovery very early in my life. You know, after the incident, a year later, I was, you know, I stopped drinking and I didn't drink all my career in NHL, basically. So it, 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 it lasts for a long time, you know. So, uh I learned my lessons, but also I had people a big support, you know, from the team and from the from the fans. And uh, uh, you know, I always 
every time I feel like if I want to go back to New York, that's where I want to live in Long Island. Well, Darius, that's fantastic stuff, and really appreciate you sharing that with us. That is uh, that is excellent, and can't thank you enough for joining us and giving us so much time tonight. It was it was a real special treat. Like I was saying, I you know growing up watching you play on that team was uh, was a lot of fun, and and when you say that you were one of the fan favorites, it certainly was in my book as well. So, Darius, can't thank you enough, and uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Darius. It was it was an honor to work with you, buddy. Thank you. Bye. I'll see you. Thanks. Bye. All righty, that was the great Darius Kasparaitis giving us a fantastic spot, talking about all things Islanders, Long Island, Fisherman Jersey. What a spot. I mean, when we say that he there's nobody like him, I don't know of any celebrity of any level who he brings up the DUI. Right. It actually caught me by surprise. Like, I actually, I was like, did we, he say what he if, if If we were doing an on-camera show, you would have seen our reaction the way we both looked at each yeah. other. And yeah. um, and then, so since he did, I was like, okay, then I'm, I'm going to bring up your rap in the car. Because <laughs> he got into a one-car accident <laughs> with a pole. I don't think I ever heard with about the, that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. <laughs> um, and, um, but... Wow, like what? And then he brings up going to his first meeting for sobriety. Yeah, you know, like um, just in, incredible. And uh, you, 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 we do learn from people like that to think that he didn't drink after that, and the person that he became, the player he became, uh, and hours to see him at fifty. I got a few years on him, but uh, <laughs> you know. I don't get like too nostalgic about certain things. And it used to be like Al Arbor and Bill Torrey was the easy answer when people would ask me like, who was I, who was it really a kick to be around? Right. Um, but sure. as I get older, like, you know, Darius is on that list with a bunch of those other guys. And for that reason, so um, incredible. And I'm really uh, grateful to him for doing this with us today yeah no no question about it that was that was great he was excellent uh, a little comedy too which is great had some laughs so absolute pleasure to have Darius on the show so Chris thank you for bringing him on that was that was great and uh Chris do you want to touch on the fisherman jersey yourself a little bit or yeah yeah let's go uh you know it's come up a, a lot uh, lately with it coming back I'll just start with this um and and People, like you probably heard me say, I'm, I happen to not, I like a good cap, okay? But I'm <laughs> okay. not much of a apparel guy when it comes to all these things. Mm. Uh, and I understand people are wildly passionate about it. When I would write, oh, a, yeah. when I would, you know, for Islanders Point Blank, when I would talk about logos and teams and jerseys and color, you know, you know this, is a, this is a very, very popular topic, so I, I get that. The one thing that I'll just say about the this idea of it coming back uh, is – for the people, and that does not include me, let me be really clear, but for the people who back then really, uh, who they believed in it, mm-hmm. um, this the fact that it's coming back even as somewhat of a novelty, six games, or even the fact that they sell it in the store, there's vindication for those yeah. people. It doesn't it mean- It took a while. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean they were right. It doesn't mean I even you know agree with them. We- the way it works with anything, and this is this goes for any business, let's be realistic, right? But we all work for companies, and we don't always agree with what those companies do. Sure. Right? But what you 
you normally do, and this is a public thing, so that, uh, this you know, a, a hockey team, a beloved hockey team, a jersey, everything like that. What you do is you, it's corny as hell, but you argue internally, but then once you go out there, whether that's with a press conference, with the jersey unveiling, like uh, he refers to it, it was Darius and Travis. It's one of the first photos that comes up when you yeah. Google Islander Fisherman jersey all right. these years um, You unite externally. You, you stand there and you, you know, in some cases, put a brave face on. And again, this isn't serious stuff, right? If this is the hardest thing I had to do, I had, I had to do harder things <laughs> about more serious topics, right? right? Um, so, but to the people, including you know, Bob Rosenthal, one of the gang of fours, is one of the people with Walsh, who my, you know, what the way I remember it was, was kind of the leader of this thing to make the change. Now, the idea was wrong. The reason why the idea was wrong is obvious. This is a team that won four Stanley Cups. And it's hard to believe that this happened like t- only 12 years after they won their last one, not yeah. 50 years later. Yeah. Like not, so the, the idea was wrong, and, and it's kind of like tough to argue. But all that said, the fact that it's so out there that to now the point they are going to wear them in games, something people never thought would happen, and then to add on top of that, never thought would happen while a person named Lou Lamorello is the president of the franchise. Right, right. There is some vindication there, and I'm I'm happy for my colleagues who uh, really dove in, who are, you know, showed more guts about it you know, than I did, who was kind of like, hey, I'll do my job or whatever. But um, So there's vindication there. So that's you know, the first thing I'll start with. Yeah, and it's what just... Do you, what do you think of it? <laughs> well, it's funny. <clears throat> you know, I mean, what was I? 14, 15 when that jersey came out. And I thought it was cool. I thought it was fine. And, but because I also didn't have the ties to the to the dynasty. I mean, I was barely alive for the last one. Literally barely alive. You mentioned it's almost like an age cutoff, right? It doesn't mean it's not totally black and white, but, but there's, there yeah. seems to be this age. No, cutoff. without a doubt. And, and I've seen that over the last five years or so where the younger Islander fans that have kind of come into their 20s and now their 30s, Wearing the colors, wearing the old, you know, logo, whether it's hats, whether it's T-shirts, whether they grab the jersey from their older brother or something like that. But and you see and you've seen them at the arena. I've even seen them at the Coliseum before they moved to UBS. It, there was kind of like a slow movement, you know, where this younger generation of fans with no ties to the dynasty years and, and really didn't experience those down years either. Maybe they read about them. Maybe they didn't. But they didn't have any sort of emotional connection to that time and and which is why like i'm kind of in the middle you know whereas i understand where the older generation of islander fans coming from i i get the reasons why they don't like it some of them i i dislike i, I like the the whole fish sticks chant like grow some thicker skin <laughs> that that i agree who like i i always thought it was odd like if you're an Islander fan, you should not care. Like, oh, they make fun of us. Well, there's things to make fun of them. Right, until they won the one. Well, you know what? You know what sucked. It was two years prior that they lost 1940. Yeah, they lost 1940, yes. and we so want fish sticks like game in. So yeah, yeah, exactly. But fair, it's fair, but still, fair. yeah, but still, uh, grow some thicker. Like that, I don't really sympathize with. But I do. I can appreciate the how. How can you tarnish? You know, what, such a 
revered sweater, one that they wore for Stanley Cups in. It's legendary. And the legends that played in that uniform, I, I appreciate that. I get that. I respect it. And I think what a lot of people say, and some people even from that side say, hey, look, if they had made it a third jersey, if it was an alternate, if it was something that they wore every now and then, but the flat out just cut out the original uniform and logo and have this one replace it. And with the boldness that came with it, I mean, this wasn't a subtle change. I mean, the logo on down to the striping and the the teal and the colors. I mean, this was from safe to insane, especially back then, you know? And, and so I get all that. But <clears throat> I think aesthetically, like if you didn't tie all that other stuff that, that ultimately got tied to it, whether, I mean, even Darius bringing up the ownership issues and just how, <clears throat> excuse me, how poor those teams were, I aesthetically think it's a good-looking jersey. I like the colors. Uh, you know, I'm attracted to to how that jersey looks. But, you know, again, I appreciate the other end of it. So, like, I think it's great that it's back, and I think it's great that the younger generation can appreciate it and they can have some fun with it. And there's just something to be said about, like, I'm sure everybody has their own personal experience with enjoying something that's retro, right? Whether it's music, whether it's a style, whether it's... Because you see how even even in fashion, how you see, clo you know, the 90s are back or the 80s are back, you know? And, and I think that's just kind of a part of that cycle. And that's what you're seeing here with the, the Young Islander fan base. So, you know, look, I know it's never going to be kumbaya here, but, you know, I think maybe there's, there's some sort of mutual understanding that Islander fans can have where they can appreciate each, each side of the coin, you know? Uh, I said this uh, last year on a show that I did. Uh, we talked about this a little bit because the word had started to get around that this could happen, mm -hmm. that it was maybe more real, not just having him in Isles Lab at UBS, but perhaps even wearing him in the game. And I said at the time, and now like we're coming up on that moment, it's all relative. It's not the Yankees, you know, whatever. But um, this first game where they wear it, it is the story of the game. And yeah. I mean, Wyshynski will cover it for ESPN. Oh, yeah. He, I think he's back in the New York area anyway, but like he'll, like, I, I'd be shocked if he's not there. That, you know, um, there will be extra coverage for that game. It's gold for social media posts or everything else. Um, there'll be a narrative about how they do. Now, the fact that they got off to a slow start isn't so bad, right? But if, God forbid, they were real, you know, so they start doing great and then they lose and those, that'll be a story. Oh, too. a million you percent. Know, and um, and they will they will be used as, as the scapegoat. Yeah. Um, but it's, and you, this is not the case with any of the other retro, even some of the ones that are a little bit radical, right? Mm. Um, no, the, the, the story of the avalanche, the first time they wear that, it's not going to you know, be mentioned in passing that they wore it. This will be, you know, the, 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 all the locals will be at this game. And, um, right. and that's something. And it's, it really, it's really hard to believe we are here. I brought the press release. Um, I have the, uh, actually on the original paper in the original folder and everything, uh, the press release where, 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 wow. it, was in, where it was announced. Um, my name is on there along with my good friend, uh, Ginger Killians. Uh, so I have that going for me. <laughs> it's on the second page. And, Literally, like every word. It's a pretty short release, but the sales, you know, you see the quote from Bob Rosenthal on the sec. I believe it's on the second page. It's on the first page where they say, of course, something like, of course, winning is always going to be tantamount. However, right. Ahead. Where do you see that? What does it say? Uh, over the last three years, yeah. our organization has made many positive changes, and the increased attendance and enthusiasm in the stands shows that our fans have responded. 
And you know what's interesting? I didn't think about that until I, 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 I uh, my mother had this in her apartment. She cleaned it out recently, and I had it. But when I read it today before I brought it over, um, that quote stuck with me a little more because it's interesting. The gang of four, Rosenthal, Pulaski, Walsh, Greenwood at the time, there were different people at times. Um, by the way, Ralph Pulaski as, as still is on Long Island. If you're listening, Ralph, hi, one of the nicest, best people you ever want to be. Um, they, they took over. And then the Islanders had their 92-93 run. Now, the usual. They didn't win the Stanley Cup. I get it. Right. But, so when he refers to the three years, mm-hmm. you know, what? I guess what I'm getting at, Sean, is that I think they might have been empowered by the fact that the team had this good run. Now, the Rangers won the Cup the next year. But, it, but it's almost like, hey, hey, since we've taken over this team, we made them better than they had been the previous seven. They didn't have anything to do with it because they, <laughs> right, they you know, inherited right. it. But I think that might have kind of spurred them on to do this as if to say, well, you know, we've had some success, so you can't question us right now. Well, in relation to that, it's kind of a two-part question. The second part depends on the first. How, how long is an operation like this kind of going on behind the scenes before the decision is even made yeah um so when it was presented to the staff mm-hmm. it was presented i've been asked like you know what came in second place which i know something sent, like what was the design that you yeah know, sure um love to see that this is this is one where it was presented to most you know i would say certainly all the staff maybe not all the you know mike and uh, don maloney was the general manager at the time maybe Jack Crumpy, I'm trying to remember who was like, you know, team president or whatever. Um, maybe they saw a couple of different elements to it, but it was, I guess my point is it was presented to us as a finished thing. It wasn't like, Hey, yo, or what do you think? And was and, that, and by the way, none of this was like taken around for fan surveys or even clearly financial. Clearly. Stuff, you know? I know, by the way, teams still, you know, to this day they say, Oh, we did. And then what happens is the fans, you see this a lot in soccer and other sports. And then the fans come out and say, no, we had nothing to do. <laughs> right. yeah. um, so no, it was, it was presented as a done deal and we're doing this. Now, if you're, people like me and keep my pretty young uh, back then uh you're you're in this mode of okay if i want to continue to work for the new york Islanders, which i love (laughs) to do every day for every year yeah um i this is something i need to get my heart around Mm. never mind my mind and everything else so um so there was that so things move fairly quickly now the one thing that, that that changed it was that before we even got to send out the press release a couple of days before, a couple of nights before we're in Philadelphia and news breaks that the daily news got a copy of, and what it is that they didn't get the Jersey, but they literally just got the fisherman logo. Somebody mm-hmm. faxed it to somebody mm-hmm. got passed around. And what the New York daily news did, because it was smart business for them, was they took a picture of Dennis Potman raised with the Stanley cup, you know, an old picture mm-hmm. And they superimpose just the logo and the, the optics to use a more mm. current word. I don't think we said this back then. Like this thing, Sean was DOA at that moment, mm. because even if ginger and I and the agencies and the people, you think we're really good and we could, we could make something out of nothing. Sure, right? We sure. could, 
we you didn't even get that and by the way we would have failed don't get me wrong <laughs> but we didn't even get that chance because nobody could get that image mm. of dennis Pavin and it was the law you know wow. now the the proponents of this were, were this meaning i'm holding up the release and the jersey and which got a wave on the cover and they has the lighthouse uh shoulder patch which some people, a lot of people like love, that love yeah that, all that yeah you know um there, none of those elements were there. It was really just the fish. It was Dan. Right. Right? It was the Gordon's right. Fisherman, which, by the way, I wasn't even thinking. I was like, oh, when the first time somebody showed me the Gordon's Fisherman, I was like, oh, God, that does look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah. So it, it never had a chance. And then, yes, I know people say if they won. No, you know, in that moment, that I don't think that would have mattered. It would have made it easier to bring it back in 2022 if they sure. had some success. Right. It. But this is something that wasn't going to last. It, it wasn't. It wasn't two months old where we were already starting to think about an exit strategy. Okay, and the reason why I asked you how long the process was because I was just curious if maybe the thought behind it was a diversion or, you know, a change of topic because they had two rough years prior to that, right? They get swept out by the Rangers and then they don't even make the playoffs in that shortened 95 season. And I'm wondering, did that have anything to do with them saying, okay, let's change course here and let's distract from the fact that, you know, they're kind of heading in the tank here. Yeah, It's a good theory. It's a fair theory. Mm. I could just tell you from having been there that that was never the sense uh, that I gotcha. Thought. There's a, a guy named Ed O'Hara, who's, who's mentioned in the release as the agency uh, that created it. Uh, I think of Ed, I, I haven't seen, you know, since that time or soon after. Uh, we went to a Wave jersey only. We brought back the logo. It went in right. stages. Um, so I believe you weren't allowed to to go back to the original. There's yet, right? all these rules yeah. about two years and all mm -hmm. that. We were like, you know, <laughs> it's amazing to think. But we were like, screw that rule. Like, whatever has to happen to, you know. Right. Um, so, uh yeah, it, uh, Sean Michael uh, Edwards was the name of the agency. Uh, it says that they had done some work with the Florida Panthers. It doesn't necessarily say they did their logo, Jacksonville Jaguars, Toronto Raptors. Again, doesn't say that they, you know, they did some work with them. Uh, the design team is headed by partner Ed O'Hara, a lifelong Islander fan. And then the last paragraph was really the money. So this this is the kind of thing that, happened this went into spin cycle after the daily news thing it's kind of like well people are like what does this mean why change the logo why is it a fisherman and around the time uh billy joel I, i'd have to look up but you know was, i would say mm -hmm. a year or two before I had an album and on that album was the down easter alexa mm -hmm. uh, about he has a line in there there's no island left for islanders like me meaning long islanders mm -hmm. uh, and it's about the fishing trade and mm -hmm. going bad and the east end baymans association so you know we threw in a line there about uh, the team has announced that it would begin fundraising efforts on behalf of the east hampton baymans association which fights to preserve an industry and way of a way of life that helped build long island and you know that's you know this is cynical uh, we love uh, th that industry. We love our Bayman, but you know, call it what it is. This this was let's try to do something to almost make people feel bad about hating this logo. Well, no, we're trying to do something nice here. We're honoring <laughs> right. we're honoring this industry. But <laughs> how you know, dare you? Yeah, that's that's the last paragraph, and and wow. and. But that was not something I could tell you. It's not telling something out of school. Uh, and by the way, they brought it back. So, like, you know, all bets are off. We could say whatever we want. And I appreciate Darius's candor. And, yeah. and, and he was also fair in talking about how he understands why it's cool that it's back. Right. But 
but we were into survival mode even at the release. It was that's, like, what can we do to get people to do it? And it was like, okay, well, we're, and, you know, donations were made. It was like, you know, they didn't do it. Uh, we had Bayman at the press conference. Um, it's, uh, it was an incredible, incredible time. Thanks, Darius, for bringing up John Spano in the middle. <laughs> we're playing all the greatest hits <laughs> yes, in indeed. this interview. Um, so, uh, yeah. Is is quite a time. There is no way anybody could have predicted five years ago, let alone twenty twenty five years ago, that it would be worn in a game. Um, I guess I'm going to try to get there. You know, I think you should. Yeah, and yeah, that was kind of what I was about to ask you. Did you ever think that you'd see them wearing it again? No chance. No chance. Right. No, not in games. I, right. I get that everything kind of comes back, and you would see it from time to time. I think Mitchell Ness maybe did something years ago, or something. You yeah. Know, you, you, you would. It started to kind of show its head, or some. You know, people would be buying old ones off eBay, that kind of thing. Yeah, they and saw there was a, a market for it. Yeah, and little by little, and I don't. I mean, I guess I understand that there's some teams that are more popular, but I, th I, I think it's gonna be the number one seller out of all of them. It's easily gonna be top five. I, I, I'd imagine it's gonna be because I think it's gonna be bought outside of this market too. Yes, I was just about to say, and and Arda is actually a prime example, and Greg Wyshynski is that outsiders, people that have no connection to the team, that didn't go through the bad years. They just look at the jersey and decide whether they like how it looks or not and whether it's because it's nostalgic or whether it's because it's cheeky or, you know, whatever, because it has loud colors. But there's a lot of people outside of the island that just enjoy the jersey. And I think you're right. I think it is going to sell. And it's just it's crazy because I, I, there was certainly a time where I didn't think it was going to come back. But, but if I go back to what I was explaining to you before, you know, and I saw all these young people you know, starting to wear the colors. And I was like, they're sitting on a gold mine here. And they would, the truth is from a purely, you know, bankroll point of view, they'd be foolish not to bring it back because that's how popular it is. And, and these years leading up to when it's been in the Isles lab now and been in the team store, they're selling off the shelves. They even did a special edition sneaker and people came out in waves to buy that at the, at the pro shop over in Northwell. So it's big and it's here, whether you like it or not, but it's it's a money maker and and you have to remember that's what these teams are in business to do. And it had to be selling because if it wasn't selling at Isles Lab, and I again that's something I mentioned last year, Malkin Scott Malkin, this is kind of his business. Like he has these shops and these mm -hmm. malls, and malls isn't a good enough word for it. These are these palaces for shopping. Mm -hmm. Most of them in Europe. This is what he does. Uh, yeah. When I interviewed Lewicki about UBS, he talked about Malkin and. Uh, one of his top deputies at his company, not at the Islanders, and how Isles Lab is a reason why it looks a certain way and all that. So they're like, right. this, is, this is an industry he knows. Uh, a quick, uh, very quick story, then I'm going to ask you a question to close, if that works for you. Sure, and, sure. And, and obviously we want to get in anything else you want to get in. Sure. But I, I can actually tell you that on June 22nd, 1995, that night, I was on the Jones Beach boardwalk, not walking, to, not walking toward the water, but I called my wife uh, at the end of the day, Catherine, and I said, hey, I'd really like to just go for a walk tonight. It's been a long day, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it would just be great. To, it's a beautiful night. Let's go for a walk. Sure. And I did it kind of the last second throw a cap on with the Fisherman logo on, and it had been announced earlier that day. And just walking on the board, boardwalk, I could – there were eyes as part of its paranoia. I get it, but I got like some real 
looks really and real and a couple of comments too really and uh and yeah so that, i mean just i say that to paint a picture of what the climate was in that moment 20 oh, i remember 27 years later it's, it might be tougher for some people to understand but uh that's what it was like uh, wasn't there a whole save the islanders coalition oh, that, that you know and, you and know, wasn't there big that that was their big trumpeting point that, was mean, the, yeah, the logo and everything that i would say it was uh, i don't want to say it was like the final straw but it certainly was the ultimate igniter right it was they like march the on the coliseum yeah. or something oh, like that yeah, oh my yeah. god yeah and that's yeah, passion i, I, I hadn't i hadn't <laughs> that thought, is passion i hadn't thought about that <laughs> I, I i i you know i saw the clips because i've seen the uh, kevin connelly documentary on john spano and uh guys are the guys from that group were, were in it um that you know that's interesting like uh what do they think that this is back because that that <laughs> no there are people that, that, that are pissed that, that, that oh and, <laughs> and, and, and and you know it, this is the case with twitter but when i did ask for you know questions and responses I, there wasn't anybody and i i get it like nobody's going to for the most part nobody's going to say they love something on social but it will speak for itself because plenty of people be wearing it, and I don't. I don't want nobody to listen to me. But I would just say for just to the people who enjoy it and l let them, right? Like you know, what are we? What are we talking about here? It's it's it's, it's a jersey. I got sorry. One last thing. Sure. I got a direct message DM on Twitter mm -hmm. uh, from a, a middle aged woman a few months ago when this started to get even more and more in the news that it looked like it was going to happen all really well-meaning and she asked me uh, to, to be really blunt she basically asked she said this cannot happen really and 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 chris please you know use your platform to you know and, for that. and i yeah and I, I i wrote her back uh and and i wrote back respectfully um i probably have it here somewhere and you know i just said I'm not uh, your guy for that. This right. isn't the kind of thing that I, if I'm going to, not to be corny here, if I'm going to use my platform for something that's a social issue or a charitable issue or whatever. Right. I, I don't use it that often when I use it. I want it to mean something, I hope. Mm -hmm. um, and like, this was not my cause. So I told her, I, right. I, I said, I understand where you're coming from, mm -hmm. but I'm sorry. I basically said, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not right. going to, and right. I hope you could appreciate that. And she wrote back, but that gives you an idea. Oh yeah. Uh, this, this, I will say, I know this person is a, a successful business person mm -hmm. who's lived on Island a long time, lives in a great neighborhood. And like, he's really serious about this. So, um, I, my question for you is that, and, and then please hit whatever you got to hit, is that um, do you have an opinion on what the, the final version of this retro in terms of the colors? Because that's not my zone. I, sure. So I, I, I rely on you for that. Well, I saw the leaked photo, and, and I was not very impressed. In fact, there was there was a concept floating around, basically an artist rendering of what they thought or expected it was going to come out as. And I saw that, and I was like, that actually looks pretty damn cool. And it didn't have a lot of teal in it, which was the only thing it was lacking, but it did have a lot of orange in it, which I'm a sucker for. Um, so I was actually excited about that. But then when they the leaked photo came out, wasn't very impressed, a little underwhelming. But then when they actually revealed it and they showed some higher quality photos of it, I said, okay, pretty nice. I like the navy. The logo looks cool. The only thing that's strange to me is the striping, especially on the bottom of the jersey. I don't know if how in-depth you looked at the jersey, right? But... They abandon the whole waveform at the bottom of it, and it's more just like a a little curve that it starts high and it kind of curves down low, 
and it wraps around to the back of the jersey, but it doesn't connect. It's asymmetrical in the sense that it starts here, and I know nobody nobody listening can see what I'm doing here, but I'm explaining it to Chris. But it starts like, you know, up at the upper waist, if you will, and then on the back side of it, it's I believe it starts at the bottom, and it doesn't connect. The stripe at the bottom doesn't connect. So if you have any sort of OCD, you're going to hate it <laughs> right off the bat because typically hockey striping, it, it wraps all the way around. It connects somehow. Even the, even the wave on the original Fisherman jersey was consistent. It just is, it isn't consistent. It starts at <laughs> one spot and ends at the other one. So it's a little strange to me, but all in all, the, the color scheme and, and, and the way it looks, I think, is, is solid enough. And, and as, as we've noted on the show, whether it's with you or whether it's with Christian, they've done a lot worse with jerseys throughout the years, you know, whether it's fishermen or otherwise. And I think there's a, a jersey they had that was much worse than the fisherman jersey. But anyway, I'm cool with it. I, I want to see what the full uniform looks like. Some teams, they showed players in the full garb, what the socks look like, the pants look the like. The didn't do that? I have not seen it. Gotcha. See, it's, it's the kind of thing I wouldn't <laughs> but I but I get it. That, that, that matters. I've only seen the jersey. And so that has potential to look great, depending on what the rest of it looks like. I don't know. You know, are they going to get lazy like I mean, they did with the orange jerseys? Like they'll, they'll have to do something different. Like, is it possible that they could just wear this over what they have? Well, like, are the socks going to have to be different again? Well, um, gotcha. So when the orange jerseys came out back in like 05, yeah, remember that? I was there. All they did was change the jersey, and they kept the same pants and the same socks. Like, mm-hmm. But a lot of these teams with the reverse retros, it's a full head-to-toe. And you kind of have to here because you're literally you're going to Navy, right? So either they throw some shells on the pants that they wear now or they get some new pants. There's got to be some socks that match this, especially with the way the striping is. I'd be shocked if they don't do it. And honestly, I think they'll look like crap if they don't You know, do a full head-to-toe. You know? I'm just fascinated okay. by the whole um, thing of, I would love to have been at the meeting where they're like, okay, we're going to bring this back, but now here's what we're going to do with the striping and the pipe. Right. And, the and I, you know, the thing about Lou Lamorello is like, you're, you, you can't not think about what's he thinking about this. So when I asked the question about the socks and things like that, yeah. like he's going to have an, a, he, he, there's no question he's weighed in on oh, yeah. this. Oh, yeah. So I, I wonder what that's like. And, you know, like Arda, you talk about like it, 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 there were times on the gaming and other things where like you guys were like, I needed subtitles. I, <laughs> when he says I, it, it should have had a lot more teal. Mm-hmm. I, I know what teal is. I, I get, but, but like, <laughs> it's a but color. What, but do you agree? Like, I, I like that. That's another one where I'm like, I, I yeah. Oh, okay. I, teal was, I think, one of the bigger draws for most of the fans who liked the jersey okay. was the teal in it. You had the teal at the bottom of the wave, at least on the road jersey, anyway, uh, the blue jersey, I should say. And, uh, you know, even on the socks and everything, you know, there was a, there was a good bit of teal. I mean, it was basically the main color of the jersey past navy right so yeah i was looking to see some more uh some more teal but look at the end of the day like it's just a damn jersey you know and they could have done a lot worse it's not that horrific black jersey not the brooklyn one the one that they did as a third at the when mark strite was captain Mm -hmm. and it had said islanders and the number underneath those were putrid that was one where i i was like you know that's really horrendous i'm the guy who says he doesn't talk about jersey as much but i was like that's right (laughs) and uh, and, uh, i mean god bless him but like howie rose was 
usually announcers. Brendan, if if Brendan happens to not like the fisherman, mm-hmm. not going to say it. He might not rave about it. You know, sure, whatever. sure. But most announcers, home team announcers. <laughs> Would not say the things that Howie Rose constantly said. I'm not trying to get anybody in trouble here, but I don't know if you saw Lane Lambert's quote when he was asked about it. He basically said a lot of people are excited about it. It's exciting. I uh, I mean, (laughs) what he thought about it. Yeah, the the fact that Anders Lee and Barzell like this is when I talk about you. I'm not implying that they don't like because they're they're, they're young. They're they're right. right? If we if we subscribe to that theory, sure. So I don't really doubt it. Uh, Somebody telling me that oh, but Barzell and Lee like that doesn't matter, right? Right. If they have to, right. right? We. Travis and, and Darius said they did then too. Sure. Despite that right. book excerpt right. uh, from Peter Bonnie. Right. So um, that's that's the game that you play. This is, uh, there's going to be people listening to this who will have shot it off already saying, I can't play this. Thing. <laughs> right. But let, let's make no mistake about it. Just like earlier this week, I said Lou and Lane and everybody is every bit as concerned about the team mm-hmm. as, as the fans are. This is a subject that means a lot. Through a lot of people, it and d- and you you could see the reaction on social media yes. as one example of that. Yeah, and with that in mind, we did say on our last episode that we were going to field a couple of questions oh, about the yeah. fisherman jersey. So real quick, I got two for you or us together. It doesn't matter. But here's one from a fan who's um, not as thrilled about it coming back at Duck Season 2019. This is actually going to be a question, or is this going to be a rant? Uh, it's both. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. There eventually is a question in there. Here we go. While ownership has street credit, fan confidence can be considered shaken. How do they reinstitute a fisherman jersey that inspired two books and a movie that details how poorly it was regarded? Was the research that difficult? And that is completely fair. And that's just like yeah. that. That's one. I'm not a both sides guy when it comes to you know politics and and you know, but that's what like he has that going for him. If the movie's referring to is a piece of Kevin Connolly's, uh, the opening of Kevin Connolly's fantastic oh, yeah. documentary on John Spano, goes through this 15 year history. Right. Uh, f- f- 15 minutes at the beginning of the show from the cups, but then kind of like talks about, almost makes it sound like this fisherman jersey and the disaster led to these things that happened, which led to mm. us feeling like, who's the savior? And, 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 and it makes a good case mm-hmm. that the team was in such a disarray, dysfunction, it was a mess that, that, that if you're wondering why it was possible that somebody like John with no money was able to get away with it, Mm -hmm. because we all wanted to believe in him. Right. Right. Uh, And because we've come from this low place. So uh, there is that part of it. Um, What's the rest of the, <laughs> no, that that's it for that question. Oh, uh, was the research that oh. difficult? I guess saying like you know, could they not read the room? You know that they, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, Ledecky and Malkin Ledecky is very uh, tuned into what the fans think. Yeah, and Malkin is very tuned into. Uh, I mean, this in a good way. The business, uh, this particular industry, and he also I know uh, that he gets kind of regular reports on. Uh, what people are saying about the team, positively, negatively. Sure. He's always wants course, to be informed because he isn't, often isn't in the United States or in New York a lot. Mm. Um, they knew what the reaction was going to be. This isn't. Hell yeah. Yes. And, and I don't think Hell he's yeah. necessarily implying this, but it's not like they went into this going, oh boy, this is going to be 100% celebrated. <laughs> right. uh, they, right. they, they, are very, they are very, very smart. What they did, I'm sure, 
I'd be pretty sure, is mm-hmm. that they said people are going to be talking about us. Like those two yeah, schmucks, those two schmucks in Rockville Center will probably do an entire podcast. No, they don't even know. You know, you know. So and they were right. Yeah. So yeah, right. Like so, we don't we don't reach right. We you do your weekly thing. Sure. We, we happen to step out twice this month because they signed their lead number one center to a massive contract. Yeah. And he committed to name, and we stepped out for this. We're not making this up. We're not having this show about you know the life and times of sven butenshaw you know what i mean like we're we're, we're having this show <laughs> we? we're, we're <laughs> talking we we're show? talking about it because there's a lot to talk about and it's something a lot of people are talking about Hell and yeah. care about so so they've they've won like i get it mm-hmm. you know six times is better way is that like some sort of requirement do you know like i would have think to, so yeah um you know it seems like a lot right like <laughs> i could see them being like how many more times you know but, one seventh of yeah, the home games yeah. essentially yeah win yeah. that first one though and 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 it'll if people oh. will just feel a little well, better about it well chris I, as much as i support the team i'm also a big fan of chaos so I'm happy to see wherever this leads. <laughs> if they lose in the jersey, I can't wait to see the fan reaction. I, I think it's a shame, and I guess it was a reason for it, but all the jerseys were released on the same day. Right? Yes. Some were leaked, some were, yeah. you know, that I'm whole thing. I wonder why the league didn't have their teams kind of spread it out, because I think mm. um, I think this would have been even bigger in certain markets, and certainly this one, if, mm. if this kind of had a story to itself. So, um, great. It's it's fun you know it's not the yeah it's not the, yeah, I, yeah. enough years have gone by uh to the folks who can't get past it i am not telling you to get past it because i love you right because i mean because you share that passion for right, the team right, that right. you would want right. in any fellow fan so i you know i understand okay uh polling you know the answer to the question is they they, they knew exactly <laughs> what was going to be the reaction. And and this this last one was there was directed to you at Twitter. Uh, what uh, this is from at the Bubster One. Excellent username. What was the mood in the office like the day after they revealed the original Fisherman jersey on ESPN? So I assume that's your office the day after it was revealed. Yeah, I don't know if it was like necessarily revealed on ESPN. The Daily right. News had it first. Yeah. They, yeah. they had the leak. Um, the way I will answer to answer that is um, we had, we had, I can only think of what I would call two code red meetings. Oh, wow. what, what I would call a code red, by the way, I'm talking about in over 20 years. What I would call a code red would be like, hey, we got to get the entire staff together. And, you know, if you can remember, this in the 90s, there wasn't a lot of kumbaya and everybody always meeting on Zoom and everybody telling okay. to talk okay. about everything. So this was kind of rare, right? And uh, one of them was kind of like, oh, this guy, John Spano, bought the team. It now looks official that, like, he's mm. going, he's doing a perp walk in many old. This guy owns the team. Right? So, so it, it was kind of like, hey, we should get everybody together and <laughs> tell, them to keep, tell them to keep the faith, you know, and, and we'll get through it. But the other one was, Unreal. the other one was, um, as it was starting to get out, it, you know, let's get everybody together. Uh, and we did, uh, to give you an idea of how small the offices were at the Coliseum, we did it in the stands. I remember, you know, some of our top executives kind of standing up against the glass. Mm-hmm. We're sitting in the 100s and 200s. Yeah. They pulled me down to, like, you know, throw out my talking points and my colleagues. So um, 
Yeah. So the answer to the question was it was it wasn't chaos, but it was a lot of like, are we going to get through this? And right. And uh, you know, how much do we have to stand up for it? And you know, like I said to Darius, yeah, you know, I remember like I wrote something for the game program that just was like, hey, here, here the people who like it, or there's the case for it. Here's the case for it. That was like the best I could do, right? Mm. But it's it is the players who had to wear. It is Darius and yeah. Travis who. Uh, you know, maybe happened to be living on the island more that summer and, and were accessible and, and were two of our better players. So we asked them to do it and they did. So the, like those are the ones I was concerned about. Internally, like we knew this was going to be a big problem. Wow. People did now understand people didn't give up their tickets because of it. Okay. People were down you know, people were down on the team in general. Yeah. Um, but you know, Bill Berry was new. Uh, it wasn't at the point yet. Right. There's a lot of trades he hadn't made yet. Yeah. Like there was, you know, <laughs> he actually, people forget this, but like he came, you know, that first press conference with screw the Rangers, screw the devils, people like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. That. Yeah. Um, and you know, then this happened and he was kind of like, Hey, you know, we'll give it a shot. You know, Don, yeah. Don Maloney, I, I've said this already publicly. He, he pretty publicly did a, I got nothing to do with this thing. Oh. Um, and we, disagreed on that um and expressed some disappointment with don on that um but you know he was honest and fans so fan donnie was on your side fans i can tell you that good guy um <laughs> honest disagreement and um so it, it was uh it was a it was a challenging time and and it to answer the question it inspired the entire group getting together with this like what are we going to do kind of meeting wow fascinating that you were involved in a part of that whole thing just to just to see all that unfold and and i suppose the the vitriol that came from the fan base it's just as well that there wasn't twitter and social media back then because it would have been a hundred times more chaotic than it was yeah, i i'm sure that there were a, you know a handful or a couple of dozen or whatever people like this but there was one guy in particular i remember his name or whatever but mm -hmm. but for years after that he would not when if I had somebody with me, but mm -hmm. if I was like I, I would do there was there's this like certain walk from the offices to the elevator to mm -hmm. the press box of the Coliseum, and uh, when he would see me, a fan, when he would see me, he would always he, he was like he'd always, it was you believe in this thing, you're standing up for this thing, and then after we went back, it was like you still believe in it, and like it never never let it go, always had something to say <laughs> across the hallway. Uh, every every time, and I just I talk about eating it. I fucking ate it. I, I just, I just uh, if he if he crossed the line or did right, it, sure. I was my wife, whatever. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I would just be like, "Hey, buddy, how's it going?" Right. But that that's how serious it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm no. thinking of him today. And not yeah, and not for nothing, Chris. Some of the comments I've seen aren't too far departed from 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 that frame of mind. So yeah. there's still some fans. I mean, look, you talked about the DM that you got. There's still some fans that just have not let it go and i'm also not here to to tell you to do it but i i would encourage you to consider it <laughs> because yeah. it's not that big of a damn yeah. deal i would think uh you know like the players who board and you know the younger alumni 55 and younger i i wouldn't i i, I can't imagine uh any better way and they should just be left alone but like there's no reason to ask Danny, what he thinks, or Bobby Nye, what he thinks. Like, like, like mm. they, they didn't like it then. There's no reason. Right. For I would never like yeah. if I'm with the team. I'm just thinking aloud here. Yeah. Um, but like, I wouldn't put them in that position. I think mm. it, it's great if you know Benny Hogue, Darius, and 
I don't know if Penny was on the team, but I, I can go through my media guy here. I brought the media guy here. No, I don't think so. Uh, Steve, no. Steve, wow, Steve Thomas wore it. And, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't even remember, like, who, say, Chris Taylor, Jason Strudwick, I think, played one game. We, uh, I don't even on. know if Thomas um, played a game on the ice with it, though. I thought that deal was made before that right, season before started. The season, yeah. The media, the media guy probably. Yeah, I up. think that's Look the case. That. Wow. Uh, we get Stevie, we get Stumpy on here. <laughs> I asked out. You know? Yeah, no, Wendell Clark took his place. Yeah, so, you know, all <laughs> these people, Richie Peel, I'm like, but for the for the dynasty guys who, you know, none of them liked it. And, and, sure. And that was, that definitely ignited some tough feelings from them. Mm. Um, like, I, there's no reason to, it's, I could, there's no reason to ask them to support this. They're not going to fight it either. You know, right. They're, they're great guys, but there's, yeah. You know, that, that that would be not necessary. <laughs> I I'm with you on that, and I think that's all I got here. I mean, that was, of course, of course, Chris. In typical fashion, we go longer than expected, but okay. great time, a lot of great content. Absolutely. Darius was fantastic. fantastic, fantastic, unbelievable. Well, and so are you. I mean, just to just to get you know a little behind the curtain on uh, on what went down with the New York Islanders when all that stuff was going on is is just great stuff to have so I appreciate you uh, sharing that there's stuff a million, with us there's a million more stories and thoughts from it and I will, won't drag down this <laughs> show uh, but you know they will when they wear it that first time some things probably come up and we won't do an entire episode but you know I, I love it and what size did you pre-order your jersey yeah. in? <laughs> yeah uh, I would I would <laughs> I would. I'd have to look at the caps. I like. I like a good cap. I like my hockey night New York cap. There we go. Yeah. Uh, all the stuff you gave me. Uh, the, the winter cap. Thing. Yeah. It was awesome. I ran it the other day. It was so Is cold. that right? Was, love yeah, that. It was awesome. Yeah. People were looking. Thumbs up. There we go. I love the colors. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Would I buy a fisherman cap? Here we go. I I can't rule it out. Can't rule it out, folks. Yeah. The hate mail is coming tomorrow, Chris. I mean, I'd rather. Got one for free. Ah. <laughs> Fair no, enough. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm All right. Well, it sounds like Bot is on board. <laughs> if, if, if the whole package, the colors are appealing to me, and I, I, I it's you know it when you see it. Right? Sure. But I, I sure. All right. All right. We'll uh, we'll keep tabs on that. Yes. But folks, we're gonna wrap it up. Want to thank you all for tuning in to a very special edition of Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert, myself, and Mr. Chris Botta. And once again, a giant thanks to Darius Kasparaitis for joining us tonight. Talking Fisherman, talking 93. Great, great stuff. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. And of course, RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. And a big thanks to Lost Farmer Brewing Company, located at 63A 2nd Street in Mineola. So, folks, you can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. You can follow myself on Twitter at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow Chris at Chris Botta NHL. You can follow the forgotten man who will be back, Mr. Christian Arnold at C underscore Arnold 01. Thanks a lot, folks. For Chris Botta, I'm Sean Cuthbert. We've been hogging at New York. We'll see you next time.